Welcome to Co-Creation Station with Colin and Stephanie, a podcast about the law of attraction, the art of allowing, spiritual magic, and how to enjoy this strange and miraculous journey we call life. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now here are your hosts, Colin and Stephanie. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Co-Creation Station, the podcast where we talk about spiritual magic, the law of attraction, the mind-body-spirit connection, and how to best enjoy this mystical, miraculous, mysterious, crazy, sometimes confounding, but always incredible journey we call life. I knew I should have memorized that this week. Um, my name is Woo! Colin. I love that <laughs> voice. You go, baby. That's your, like, one of your best intros. I, was like, I feel like if I don't memorize that, I'm going to stumble. I had a little stumble. It's fine. Um, we Fabulous, just darling. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you're listening to the audio version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, we very much appreciate it. Thank you so much if you're watching us on YouTube instead. If you would like to subscribe to the podcast or subscribe to our channel on YouTube, we would love that. If you would like to like this video on YouTube, we would really appreciate that. If you enjoyed it, we would really appreciate it if you could demonstrate that by liking it. Thank and uh, if you would like to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, um, we would really appreciate that well as well. Yay. It helps us out here a lot. Um, I have a correction to make, and then we'll get into the topic for this week. We talk about a different topic every week here on Co-Creation Station. I just want to say this for the record. Uh, last week we were talking about, uh, in the last episode, we were talking about how we can use comedy uh, to laugh and to get into a happy state, and to which will put us in a positive vibration, which will help us allow more great stuff to flow into our life um, because of how the law of attraction works. And I talked about how I like to watch Frank Caliendo, the comics um, rendition as Morgan Freeman of Allen Iverson's famous practice rant. And what I said was, uh, I'm a Virgo, by the way, details are very important to me. Uh, (laughs) What I said was- really helps uh, us in this podcast. (laughs) That's true. Thank you. It's always a yin yang. It's always an upside and a downside. Um, but, uh, I mistakenly said, because I had just forgotten that the reason for Alan Iverson's rant was that a teammate of his had had some sort of problem in practice and a reporter asked him if the mistake that his teammate made in practice would hurt their playoff chances or something like that. That is, I got that completely wrong. I remembered that completely wrong. Um, if, if there's anybody here who actually knows what the practice rant is, uh, which I doubt. Uh, <laughs> you already knew this, but um, actually, what had happened is uh, there was a rumor going around Philadelphia at that time that he was miss he was missing a lot of practices, and that that meant he was not serious about basketball, and that there was some sort of friction between him and his coach at the time, Larry Brown, who was very meticulous and very adamant that everybody attend practice, you know, every time regularly and be on time and all that sort of stuff. And so there was all this rumor circulating in the press about that. And there's actually, he was actually talking for a good 15 minutes, not about practice before that, trying to talk about that situation. The fact that there are rumors flying around that he's going to be traded, that his coach doesn't really like him that much. Um, And he was talking about how he was upset about that. And then he got into the practice rant because a reporter did ask him, does anything, does this have anything to do with your not showing up to practice or whatever? So he was actually talking about himself, not a teammate. He was actually talking about the fact that he had not attended one of more practices, and um, but he was really concerned that this had been blown out of proportion, and there were all these rumors going around about him. 
over something he didn't feel like was very important. Like he felt like what was important was the results in the game where he was amazing and one of the greatest NBA players of all time. So I just had to get that out of the way. Um, so I don't want to misrepresent anybody here on the podcast, uh, accidentally or otherwise. So, but let's get into the topic, Stephanie. So, um, today okay. we're going to talk about, um, happy what childhood did you memories. love doing as a child? Yeah. So what did you was... love doing as a child? Cause I want to hear about yours. I know some, but, and I don't yeah. know that I've shared all mine with you and then just fun childhood memories. Yeah, and I just I do want to give, just give a word of explanation of like what we were talking about in our friend time, uh, which I haven't received any emails. What's the con? We had a contest going. What's the contest? Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I have it in my phone. Oh, it's, it's like somebody. No, it's like submit your best. Um, tell me something good story, right? Um, I don't know. I'm not even going to try. An experience or a memory it's that you go blah, back blah, to. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> La 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 la, da da da, it's not that. Blah 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 blah. Oh, here it is. Winner a contest. Winner joins us for. Oh, you wrote time. it down. That's so good. Funniest story. Funniest, oh, funniest story. story. So from tell your, us a from story. Yeah, and and whichever one, I think we were gonna pick three or something, and whichever one, yeah, maybe tell it here. I don't That's remember exactly. Right. And then whichever one makes us both laugh the most that person is going to get to join us on friend time, which is we yes, usually the do like a half hour yeah. on Zoom. And then they will get to, recorded. Um, and then also join us for some of the. For the intro to the podcast. Yeah. That week. yeah. All right. So submit your funny stories to our email address, which is down in the comments on YouTube. And uh, I'll try to pull it up uh, later. But um, yeah. yeah. So. You know, I think some people might be thinking, um, you know, the title, this is, by the way, this is episode 18 of the first season. Woo! We only have five episodes left of season one. Um, so um, I, it's, it's amazing. We had a little dance party in our friend time today. We did. To which we celebrate. Could, if the person who wins the contest wants to have a dance party with us in the friend time, I think that should also be allowed. Um. I also realized this week, I'm sorry, I'm doing that thing that I hate on podcasts where people don't talk about the topic. I'm doing it right now. But I just realized okay. like Joe, Joe Rogan on his podcast, he, instead of having a mic that's like down like this, uh -huh. like uh -huh. on a stand, yeah. he has one that's like on an arm. Uh -huh. And I realized why oh, yeah. he does that because when I'm putting together the promo for the podcast every week, I realize as I'm watching myself, I'm like going, like I'm constantly looking down <laughs> at the mic and being like, well... If I had it up like this with an arm, I wouldn't have to do that. Anyway. Okay. Well, your next fun purchase. <laughs> but but the let's go. Okay. So. About, yeah. The reason we want to talk about childhood memories and share some of ours, happy childhood memories, is that one of the topics we talk about a lot here is how do we get our mind, body, spirit into a positive vibration? How do we get it into Feeling a, better. A, a vibration where we can attract more of what we want into our life. But also, there's sort of two parts to it. One of it is just if you do some of the things we talk about, like watch some comedy like we talked about last episode, um, mm -hmm. or think of a happy childhood memory like we're going to talk about this episode, that automatically puts your brain in a place where it starts focusing on those images or experiences or whatever, and you start feeling the emotion of joy. You start feeling the emotion of happiness. Yeah. So A, that's a win. Like any 
few handful of seconds that yeah. we feel joy on this planet it's like yeah. congrats you've and that's why we want everything done the point of life you know because we want to feel better so yeah. if we can feel to show ourselves that we can feel better now we've it's a win-win right but also in terms of the art of allowing which is what you primarily focus on in your coaching uh stephanie and what you taught me very well and abraham hicks talks about it as well is that when we're in a when we're feeling joy when we're feeling happiness our vibration is open and is attracting more positive stuff into our yeah. life. So more money, more happy experiences, more joy, more love. Everything. And this is something that we don't talk about a lot just in the general law of attraction, art of allowing world, but we're also like increasing our health. Yes. Mentally, physically, spiritually, yep. emotionally, like it just, it impacts anytime we feel better, it impacts every part of our beingness, our cells. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a win, win across the board. We're just. Yeah. It was interesting. Cause I was looking at, um, I do want to share our memories and we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> but I was looking over uh, a lot of the episodes this past week, just to see what the topics were and things. Yeah. And, you know, we had our friend Alice on to talk about the Alexander technique and, and sort of getting your body to to be in positions that it wouldn't be naturally without all the stresses of right. life. Yeah. And we had Dr. Chris talk about um, having your spine in alignment and how the, the neural network of the body then can be free to do everything that it's, yeah. it's gonna do. And then we had Samantha, um, the homeopath on a couple weeks ago where she talked about using healing methods that like kind of are in alignment with how our bodies naturally work and how the how the natural world can work with our body in a positive way and i think all of those things are connected for me in the sense that's why i added the mind body spirit connection into our description there yeah, this week because yeah, yeah. i feel like um you know the podcast essentially is about co-creating which is working together with other people or the that's universe it. or god or whatever you call it and manifesting like things that you really love into your life, whatever that yeah. means. Um, but there's all sorts of different routes to get there and they are all sort of interconnected. Like the more healthy you are, um, the better your, the higher your vibration is gonna be. The more well, mentally the clear feel, you are. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The more mentally clear you are, the more uh, okay, you're gonna- Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna derail you right now, boyfriend. Yes, all right, um, let's, let's so, get into it. Yeah, so yeah. I, in our friend time, I thought of something that I, I hadn't even thought about this until that moment. And I haven't thought about it in years. Something that I used to do with my stepsisters mm -hmm. um, is we lived, so I grew up in San Diego in my childhood home was in College Grove. And so our home backed up against a hillside and mm -hmm. it was, it was probably like sandstone or something. And, and because of the water erosion, there were these little um protrusions of soil and so we could climb up the hillside and sit on them like they were a horse and look above our home and out into the street our name and we would sit on them and like pretend like we were galloping and <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome and i love horses like we i had a horse growing up and um so i just <laughs> and if someone had put in a garden hose into the hillside so we could actually climb up there was some, part of it still left wow. so we could actually use it to climb up to the hillside because it was it wasn't that easy to get up there but i hadn't wow. thought about that until in our friend time we were talking about you had told a 
a story and you brought up Shirley Temple and I was like oh I know her as a child and um so yeah so that's one of my fun childhood memories that's awesome Yeah. yeah I love how in childhood like like these weird little things like somebody putting a hose down not for the purpose of being a hose and shooting water but like being a rope that you could climb I mean I just it's those sort of the thing as a kid it's like you know as an adult we might analyze that and be like well was that safe and you know (laughs) as a little kid you're like it's a hose we can climb up it you know it's like it works (laughs) climbing hose yes score yeah yeah, I mean, this all sort of came out of, for me, this came out of, um, I was on Clubhouse, which is this new social media phenomenon, oh, yeah, this app. Right. And um, I was listening to some financial podcast, like the the usual topic is something about the stock market or whatever, but the hosts wanted to uh, just engage everybody in a different topic at the beginning of the day to get everybody in a good mood. And so they the topic that you could share about um, was uh, what did you what what are the toys you played with at, when you were a kid, mm-hmm. like what are the board games or what are the dolls or the the toy trucks or you know play sets or whatever, and just like it just so happened that I'm in Gen X. I was born in 1970. Like there was just almost everyone in the room was in my age range, so every time somebody mentioned a toy they played with, we either you know I either played with it myself or my sister had it or one of my best friends had it and I had you know and I had this like amazing happy memory of it mm. you know you know somebody would say light bright and we'd be like oh my god everyone in the room would be like oh my god light bright was so cool you know people would say etch a sketch like I had an etch a sketch and people were like yeah. oh my god I got playing with the etch a sketch for like 9 hours straight um and um, I mean there's people that I'm sure that I would never have like necessarily related to if we just started you know, kept talking about the stock yeah. market or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And like all of a sudden we were like, it really transformed the whole virtual Bonding. into like it. a bunch of yeah. happy five-year-old yeah. kids. And it was a, it was a work day. And I mean, I had, it was a weekday and I had like one of my best day. I was happy all day long from that, yeah, you know, just because. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, I have a lot of happy childhood memories. I feel very blessed. I mean, I had a lot of joy in my family uh, when I was growing up. I feel I feel very lucky. Um, I grew up in a small town in Maine. It's like, it was called Berwick, Maine. It still is. I don't know why I said it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it didn't change into something else. But um, it was really like a, like sort of stereotypical, like beautiful a small American town, you know, like that you would just see in a, in a, in a, like a, you know, really cheesy movie about a boy, you know, confronts his peers. And, you know, (laughs) um, I mean, there was just so much, like the first thing is like where my, the lot that my parents had bought our house on when I moved it, we moved in this house in 1972 when I was two years old, my sister had just been born. And the piece of land that this house was on was, it was literally like out of a storybook. We had, I mean, first of all, it was huge. I don't remember how many acres, but it was like yeah. two acres maybe, which to a little kid is might as well it's be huge. Like the yeah. moon. It's I mean, park. I just had, <laughs> you had your own park. space to just play and, mm. and, you know, and, this, and it was all like perfect ground. Was it trees? Grass. What was it like? So we had everything. We had bushes. We had trees. We had just uh, my dad Caring. had a huge, massive garden every year mm. where he grew everything under the sun. But there was literally, I'm not joking about this, there was an apple tree, a grapevine, mm. 
a rhubarb patch, a blackberry patch, like a blackberry gi gigantic yeah, blackberry bush, yeah. gigantic raspberry bush, and then we had blueberry uh, bushes all dotting oh. the whole backside of our oh lot. Oh my god! Uh, my mom had a big. They used to call it a rock garden. It was like a flower garden with rocks in it. Mm. Um, and it was just like the most ideal, like, and to me, this is the thing when you're growing up, it's like, you think everything is like that. It's like, oh yeah, I guess yeah. everybody has all this stuff. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. no one has all that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but it was just so cool. And um, I mean, we, my sister and I did so much fun stuff, uh, you know, on that patch of land. I mean, we used to pick yeah. berries. We used to, yeah. um, we, used to <laughs> we used to play kickball with our friends. Like um, we used to play The berry patch reminds me because my grandmother lived in Lemon Grove and she, her home, okay. she had like three quarters of an acre and she lived on the canyon's edge and she had on the side of some building uh, a berry bushes. They were blackberries. And I would always mm. go look <laughs> I would pick them. <laughs> oh, were you not supposed to? <laughs> well, because it wasn't a big, there weren't like a jillion. So there were maybe uh, okay. like five or 10, you know, whatever. And I'd keep watching. And then once they'd get ripe enough, I'd eat them. Well, of course she was watching too. <laughs> she wanted them. And I would get to them before her. I didn't know this until later. <laughs> so she was probably like, that. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious yeah so sorry nana <laughs> apologies to nana for the yeah <laughs> but i've never uh, seen a bl blueberry bush what do they look like so blueberry bushes are actually um like a lot smaller and low to the ground like our okay. our raspberry i don't even know what you call the raspberry and blackberry bushes because those were like huge thickets like yeah, yeah it was i don't know probably somewhere between three and five feet tall yeah. And it would be maybe three, four feet wide. And then like, I don't even know, 50 feet long. So it was literally like this wow. chunk of our land oh was taken God. up with the raspberry bush and the yeah. blackberry bush. Wow. But blueberry bushes are more like they just sort of grow amongst other like bushes and weeds yeah. sort of at okay. the edge of the woods. That's where okay. we, our, our lot. Um, oh man, that would be so cool. It. Cause I love blueberries to actually pick. Yeah. I mean, I think I've seen shrubs that, they look like they're blueberries, but I don't think they're mm -hmm. edible. Um, so I've never actually, I don't know that I've ever yeah, seen and the a cool blueberry thing was bush. Like, like where I grew up in Southern Maine, like there were farms that had way more, mm -hmm. you know, like they would, Stuff, it would be like yeah. a blueberry farm. Yeah, yeah. And they would have this little wooden stand by the side of the road and every yeah. summer they would sell the blueberries. I so love it was stuff business. like that, yeah. And ours wasn't like that. Like yeah. we knew that, you know, there's just, plenty of places that people want to buy blueberries. So yeah. we would just eat them ourselves. My mom yeah. would make muffins. Ooh, yeah. Fun. I, I grew up loving rhubarb. Like rhubarb is one of my favorite things. Oh, really? I don't. And okay. throughout the rest of my life, I know everybody's like rhubarb. And I'm like, okay. it's amazing. <laughs> it reminds me of an older person's food. I yeah. want to say old lady's food because I'm like an old lady now. <laughs> Probably that age that I thought at one time was But rhubarb's interesting too because it grows in these weird, like you have what's called a patch, which is it's just a little piece of ground and they grow out as stalks, but they kind of like, they collapse over on their own weight pretty quickly. So it's just like, you have to have this little patch of land um, where there's just like these weird roots growing out and then but then you can, um, you know, and you can eat it. And um, yeah, I mean, it was really, it, it was, I, I mean, it's when I look back, I'm like, especially mm. the age I'm at now and I know I've met I mean. people that grew up in Manhattan, 
They grew up in like oh, wow. downtown yeah. at Los yeah. Angeles. And yeah. it's a whole, like you can have a great childhood in those yeah. places, but yeah. it's so it's different. You different know? experience. What kind of grapes? Were they Concord grapes? Do you remember? Did you know what so kind the of thing, grape? I, I didn't know if I was going to mention this, but the apple tree and the grapevine produced fruit, but there's something about like, they hadn't been maintained properly prior to us taking the land. So they were mm -hmm. dying. Mm -hmm. So like we only had apples and grapes for my first few, like until I was like five or six years old and okay. we couldn't eat them. Okay. Um, but there was still cool. I mean, to me, it was still cool. Like yeah. the, it would still produce apples and they'd be on the ground and, you know. Yeah. So one of um, my, so my grandparents had alongside of their garage had this arbor. And so it was Concord grapes. And so oh, wow. in the, well, what, California. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, in the, but not Concord grapes. Like, mm. so they were Concord grapes and I'd go in there and it was just like, Oh my God. And so I ate growing up, I ate Concord grapes. I remember helping my grandfather make wine. Mm. And um, so it, here in California, I've never seen as adult Concord grapes. And so there was a grocery store near my house in Claremont. And I went in there, it was called Keels one summer shopping for, it was when I had my personal assistant client call, shopping for a client customer. And in this little package were Concord grapes. And I like almost lost my shit. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> And I, and they have a very distinct smell. And I remember going mm. over there and smelling them. And so every summer thereafter, I would go and buy them. And I, oh, yeah. thinking about it. I think of my grandparents, like I love, they were like my, they were acted as my parents. Cause anyways, so yeah, yeah I just I gotta, love Concord grapes. I got to give love to my grandparents because um, my, I, another way I was extremely fortunate and lucky was that my uh, my mom was an only child and then my dad had one younger brother. So we had a pretty small family yeah, in terms yeah. of the next generation up. Mm -hmm. And my four grandparents, you know, had had my mom and dad when they were, you know, pretty young, like 19, 20 years old. So, um, there was like, there were no generational gaps. So, and my dad's parents, uh, lived right, basically right down the street from us in oh, Berwick. Nice. So they were really close. And then my mom's parents, uh, on that side, we're about 30 to 35 minutes away from us uh, by car. So I was, and my grandparents lived, um, I had all four of them alive until I was, It's it was the year that I uh, moved to San Diego. It was 2013. I was 43 oh, wow. years old, wow. which is very, and I mean, and they were healthy and active for the most part, nice. uh, right up until their passing. You know? Yes. Um, most of them. I mean, uh, I should say my my dad's parents had some issues in the in the later years, but I mean they were they lived longer than the vibrant, others. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I just had most of my life. I had not only my parents in my life, my aunt and uncle, but also all four grandparents. And because you just mentioned like um, how tastes and smells, my yes. grandpa Worcester, so my dad's dad, mm -hmm. we used to go over to their house <clears throat> in Berwick during the school year or we would go to their camp that well we call it camp a house on a lake which was just again Ooh. idyllic ridiculous yeah, nice. five thousand dollars in 1946 or something yeah yeah and um his specialty was he would make pancakes for us with maple syrup mm. and give us cranberry juice which was just ocean spray but he had this magic recipe for pancakes and they were like the best pancakes on the planet mm. every single time it was like the best <laughs> and one thing that i mean it's it's a it's a funny memory 
is that my mom and my grandpa Worcester had this like ongoing conflict because we apparently my sister and I would come home and we would be like raving about the pancakes. Yeah. So my mom was like, well, I can make pancakes. If that's uh, I'm sorry. And, make them, and we were like, no. no. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. And so my mom got frustrated and she she sort of like pressured my grandpa Worcester into yeah. giving her the recipe. Yeah. But as far as we know, like he gave her the wrong, re like he would not give it up. Yeah. Like he yeah, yeah, gave it yeah. to her, but yeah. it was not the right recipe. Yeah. So she made it thinking oh. we would love the pancakes just as much as kids. And we're like, nope. <laughs> no. and like, you have to like them. These are the recipe. My, I think my grandpa Worcester was just like being a little gangster. He's like, yeah, hey, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I'm gonna That's keep... funny. I think that happened to me in the sense of a friend had made some tequila shrimp and it was like cream based. It was divine. And I asked wow. her for the recipe and made it. I was like, I so I think she just did. She did. She pulled some gangsta stuff yeah. on me too and didn't give me something because I was like, oh, sure. No it's problem. not as creamy and luscious. Well, you know, it depends but on you know what? I honestly think like, you know, your grandfather obviously loved you both. I yeah. really believe that like when we do stuff with love and just joy yeah. and appreciation, like that energy is infused in whatever. And we feel it. Like I see it on people's websites. Yeah. I can tell it in a story. I just, you know, so I, it's, it, it, everything's energy. Right. So it, yeah. there was probably, who knows if you're, if I love that, if you grandpa pulled some gangsta stuff or not. <laughs> just pulled one special ingredient out yeah um but yeah because your mom's like i gotta make you know so her energy was like totally was, different i don't know, you know how long yeah i don't know how long it went on for but it feels like it was like many yeah. years of our yeah, early childhood just funny. like my mom that like i'll get you grandpa so what um <laughs> what's one of the things that you love to do as a kid like between like five and ten what like what's something that comes to mind I mean, I just love to play. Like when we had that conversation clubhouse, I mean, I, it just brought back so many memories of my toys. And again, I feel like I was very lucky as a kid. Which one? Like what uh, one stands I out? I played, you know, so Star Wars came out in 76. I was six years old. Like I had all sorts of, I had the Millennium Falcon. I had a all bunch of action figures from the original films. And I used to make up my own Star Wars stories with mm. them and just play for hours. I was really into matchbox cars, which are these. Oh, little, yeah, you know, I bought you one for your birthday one year. Cars. Yeah. <laughs> and I used to, um, I used to play, like, I used to do races with them, but it's interesting, like, because I went on later to. Did you have the track? The. I had one of those, match. yeah, the Tyco thing. Yeah, I had one of oh, those. Oh, God. That, I yeah. played that as an adult with a friend, and oh, my God, that stuff was so fun. Especially turn off the lights when it's dark, and you get oh, a little glow, spark I didn't have going. The glow in the dark one, yeah. That was no, cool. it wasn't glow in the dark, oh. but when it come around the corners or something, sometimes it would spark. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And the that sparks. was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> it is funny. We talk about every now and then, like, talk about feeling a little older, like, this, I mean, they had safety laws for toys back then, but they were not as sophisticated as today. And so, like, I don't think a toy that, like, f like generated actual sparks. No, but it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't No, bad. I know, but today it never it's caused like, anything. Yeah. yeah. But it was just exciting because it would just be that flash. Yeah. yeah. And if the lights were on, you wouldn't see it. It could happen during the day. You wouldn't even notice it because it was yeah. so, like, fast. But, but I also, I have a, I have a, I got very young i think probably five years old i got um a lionel model train for christmas and which was a big deal it 
uh, because it was not just, you know, a lot of toys were just sort of flimsy or plastic or whatever. And Lionel made these train sets. It really was something like kind of they'd done in the 40s and they just hadn't stopped doing it. But they were metal. Mm. I mean, complete, almost completely yeah. metal. I mean, I guess they had some plastic parts, but like the wheels and everything were metal. The track was metal. And I had a, they came in different sizes, or what they call gauges. Yeah. Mine was like O gauge, which is one of the largest ones. So the cars were like a foot wow. long and probably like two or three inches high. Oh and I had like 20 of them. And oh, set up the track. We set up the track in my attic in the house that I grew up in. I don't have that. And here. I mean, I just remember. <laughs> <We have> family <laughs> rooms. <laughs> What's that? We have family rooms. We don't have attics. California. Here, so. I know. There's no attic and no basement in California. Or I didn't know that. Basements. Yeah. We got a lot of, <laughs> yeah. The whole nother. Like, where thing. does everybody put everything? I know. Um, That's what I was thinking. Like, where do you have a special room for all your toys? The public storage industry in California is like massive because nobody yeah. has an attic or a, yeah. or a basement. But um, yeah, I just remember playing with that thing for for. Forever, oh, wow. and I also it really toys really helped my creativity because I remember mm. I I wrote a whole. It was so funny when that series came out on PBS about the train that's like a person kind of like Tommy the Train or something. Oh yeah, uh -huh. um, because I had done that in the early seventies. I ah! train. I would write stories about my train, and oh. each each car would be like. I personify person. It. So it's what? like the engine would have to convince. I don't know what happened. The engine yeah, would yeah, convince yeah. cars to come along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, Fun. Um, so I think creative. That that's, yeah, like creativity has been a huge part of my life. And I think so much of that started in, you know, fueling Childhood, my imagination yeah, and all those yeah. sessions where I was playing. I, I remember doing the same thing at the, the lake house that my Worcester uh, grandparents had. Uh -huh where they had all these plastic boats and, and metal, mm. old metal Tonka trucks from the 50s or whatever. Ah. And I would just like make up stories. I would give each one of them a personality and a voice and like I would have them have some sort of story unfold, you know. Like, so that's kind of like what we have now in the movies, which is like the Power Rangers and what's the cars that um, turn into robots. Oh, Transformers, yeah. Transformers, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it reminds me, I was walking around the block the other day with Nibbles and my granddaughter's dog, and there were four young girls out on the sidewalk and they were playing. And they mm -hmm. were, there was one girl that was much smaller and younger, and she would jump on the other girl's back. And then they would try and get her to go on the other girl's back without her touching the ground. So she was like piggybacking <laughs> onto each person. And then, so it was like when they, she handed it off to the second person, the young girl's legs hit the ground and they're like, okay, it's my turn. You got to start over. You lost. And I, I was walking by them and watching when they were freaking adorable. They're probably ranging from like seven to 12. And I thought, yes, they're not inside on computers or what have yous. They're outside and they're using their imagination. And I was like, thinking right on girlfriends. That's one thing though. I think oh, we weren't going to talk about this, but you just brought it up. I think I triggered a memory. I didn't bring it up. <laughs> no, not a memory. I just like, because what's interesting to me, one of many things is interesting to me about this concept of play and toys and all these things um, is that each generation typically thinks that because toys and, and playing are affected by technology. And so each generation has a group of people in it that think that 
the technology advancements in the toys and play of their children's generation are less genuine or something mm -hmm. or less valuable mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. the ones they had. Like mm -hmm. I remember people when I was a little kid saying, Oh, you have a you have a remote control car. Like uh, we never had that. We didn't yeah. we didn't need a fancy machine. Yeah. That, yeah. Rah, rah, rah. But yeah. like remote control cars were freaking amazing. Like yeah, they still are. <laughs> I think one thing that a lot of people in my generation and I uh, I have massive empathy for parents everywhere. Parenting is like the most challenging thing on the planet. I get that. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of kids play a lot of video games right now. And there's this idea in our generation that like that's bad because we played outside a lot. And I think what people don't see is that, you know, the world has just changed. It, it's always changing. And the technology has gotten to the point where, um, you know, those, those things are really super fun to play. And yes, do they have potential for, you know, whatever, getting, you know, like, so that you never go outside and that sort of thing? Yeah, yes. Yeah. But I think sometimes people are like, oh, I remember. Because like, one of the things I think back on and I'm like, I'm blown away by this is that I remember playing outside a lot. I also remember playing inside a lot. Yeah. And I also, when we were, I don't know, nine or 10 years old, we got an Atari 2600, which was like oh, one of the yeah. first video games. Yeah, yeah. And I remember playing Pac-Man on the Atari 2600. Ah, I love Pac-Man. Like for an entire Saturday to the extent that I couldn't move my thumb for two days. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I played, I mean, I pretty much stopped playing video games when I was in high schoolish. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I played so many video games. It's ridiculous. Like, I, the, I don't even want to know the number of hours yeah. I spent, like, with yeah. like, these, what we had these little do colored dots moving around. Yeah. 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 So amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, today we have like 3D people. Like, I know. It's amazing. That is that real? Is that achievement? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do, I, I'm, I'm all with you. I, I think that. Playing outside is good. Like getting outside yeah, in nature is good. Yeah, but I also yeah. feel like there's, like I hear I hear people my age and older kind of vilifying yeah. video games. Yeah, and no, I I hear what you're saying, and thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, yeah, I think I think both are really valid and important. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. Um, it was just really nice to see because it's not something that I see and hear often. Yeah, but I actually had a firsthand experience with it, and it just it it made me happy. Yeah, I think what people are concerned about, and and this is valid to me. This is valid. I agree with this. Is that what you don't want anyone to have? I, I, like as an adult, I have concerns about this for myself. I watch a lot of YouTube, <laughs> trying to reduce it a little bit, um, because I think that I think the uh, concern is you want people to be active. You want people to be either physically active or active in your imagination, like using your right. mind in a more yeah. proactive way. What yeah. you don't want what most people feel like is not really good for us if we're spending a large percentage of our days just having something wash over us where we have no role. Yeah. Because I think there's sort of this natural understanding, like we're put on this earth to do stuff, you know, yeah. and Our rest. bodies are meant to work, right. not work, excuse me. Our bodies are meant to move. Yeah, yeah move. Meant yeah. to move. Um, so I want to get back to childhood memories. You know, yes. One of the things, um, with my stepsisters, I remember, cause it was funny cause we were all like a year behind each other. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, and um, somehow, I don't know where we got this. I, I believe it was my bike. It was blue, it was Navy blue. And it was um, what we'd call today a beach cruiser. Mm -hmm. And oh, I had a bell, I loved it. And because there were, 
think there were three or four of us girls playing with it all the time like it ended up getting beat the f up like <laughs> i remember <laughs> we were down the street yeah. at a neighbor's um riding the bike on the sidewalk but they had a brick wall and so one of us we were all trying to learn how to ride, I guess, because we didn't know how to ride or some of us didn't know how. And we scraped the pedal up against the brick wall. And so it eventually got tore. <laughs> so it, was like, so uh -huh. it, it just, it just, the bike, like it, I think it had a short-term life, but I just remember having such yeah. a great time riding that bike. I loved it. And so I think it's been 13 years now. Um, I was doing some visioning work and it was like, what do I want? And I was like, oh, I want a bike. I want a bike like mm -hmm. that. I loved riding my bike because I had like a 10 speed as an adult. I didn't really like a mountain bike. That's what I had in a mountain bike. I didn't really like it that much. I rode it. And so I bought myself this amazing bike and it's blue, white, two-tone. I've got mm -hmm. a basket and a bell that says I love my bike. And I've been riding it since 2008 and now we're in 2021 and I, my inner child loves it. Like I'll be right now, I'm like, oh my God, I get done. And I'm like, that's awesome. Feel free. And I, you know, so yeah. I, and it's, I think it's important to do, to think about like, what did we do as kids? Talk about that. And yeah. then as adults, you know, we get so serious. I don't know when that changes. I think sometimes when we get into school, um, I think it's focus different for a lot of shift. people. Yeah. I mean, I but, remember being really jealous of my cousin, my one and only first cousin, because uh, my family let him not have a summer job for a long time, like all the way up through like senior high school. And like mm -hmm. when I turned 13, my family was like, you need to get a summer job. And I worked oh, wow. summer all summer, every summer for What'd the rest you do? of my life. Uh, my first job was for Grandpa Worcester. Like he owned some apartment buildings in Berwick. And so I helped him by mowing the lawns every week. Oh, and wow. he would pay me like five dollars or whatever it was, yeah. you know, ten dollars. Oh, I didn't like know that. that. And then yeah. I ended up. Uh, my uncle actually uh, lived in Acton, Maine, which is a little mm -hmm. further up, and he had this gigantic plot of land that had massive lawns that I ended up. Um, so I started out mowing lawns, then I worked at McDonald's one summer. Yeah, oh, wow. I started working at a, a minor league ballpark selling uh, hot dogs and coke in the stands. Oh, how'd you like that job being around the baseball? You know, that was the absolute best it was yeah. absolute best it was this weird time in the history of the area that i grew up in we had this triple a ballpark which is one level below the major leagues yeah and it was uh, i think it started out as the cleveland indians triple a team oh my goodness and it was like a 3500 seat um baseball Ooh. stadium and it was it was amazing and uh yeah it was it, it's so funny because everybody thought i was this shy kid and like very intellectual and a yeah. good student and all that yeah. but i was very quiet shy withdrawn yeah. And this job required you to be like, hot dogs hit, peanuts hit, and um, and I just like I I just got into it, and I think it just sort of shows like if you love something, you you exp you, you expand as a person, and I think yeah. that's we we got to wrap up pretty soon here, but I we think do oh my god we do <laughs> yeah you know, we got a late start today so uh, but, um. You know, one of the things that I've noticed, um, and still to this day, the song Puff the Magic Dragon ah, by Mary, Puff the Magic Dragon. makes me so sad. Like, it makes me so sad. Like, I can't listen to it. Why? Because, because Johnny Paper, the, the main character in the song, yeah, yeah. decides that he's never going to visit his toys again at a certain point. 
by the end of the song, Puff the Magic Dragon is alone and he's sad and you sort of know he's going to die like alone and depressed. It's like, I don't know why people love that song. It's like one of the most depressing <laughs> well, songs. Well, most of the nursery songs are like really, like I know, when you but hear the history like, oh, of them, that they're song. like. And I was like, have you listened to the lyrics? It's, yeah, it's about. I, because we didn't know. We they just sang them yeah. and they were happy. Yeah. And they're Puff happy. The magic dragon. Yeah, yeah. Killed himself from depression. Yeah, ring yeah. around the roses. <laughs> it's like, oh, we know what that's really about. It's like, ah. But I used to, my, like, when my parents played that for me, I, I would just get, I, I would start bawling like at an insane level because I think I got it that mm. that our that our culture our civilization mm -hmm. has that idea that's in that song and I don't mean that we shouldn't transition from childhood to adulthood that we have to do yeah. I don't mean that your responsibilities aren't going to shift like yeah. I just said like I used to hear like my typical day as a kid was like playing outside a lot, playing indoors a lot, watching a buttload of TV and yeah, playing and a bunch of Atari. Because I had no responsibilities. Yeah. Like my yeah, parents were taking yeah. care of everything, you know? Yeah, yeah. Today I got so many things to do. I, I don't want to think about it, but. The play's important. We need that. We're still have that inner that's child. Why, yeah, sorry. That's why that song makes me so sad is that it, it, I think all it's really talking about is like, you know, part of life is transitioning from childhood to adulthood. But again, the sad way that it ends kind of makes it seem like, what a lot of people I think think, which is when you when you graduate from whatever, sixth grade, or, you know, middle school or high school or whatever it is for you, you're done with play. The rest of your life or play is, you know, it has to be adult play that has a serious element to it, like golf. like Or it's an extravagance and not a necessity. Yeah, a luxury. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. well, someday if I save up enough, I'll go on vacation. I'll play tennis it's in like, Florida no. or something. And it's That's like. That's what I always like tell clients I ask the clients what did you like to do because so many people come to me and they're not having fun they're not happy yeah, yeah. and all my questions like what did you like to do when you were a little kid yeah and I always love hearing and I'm like are you doing that when was the last time you did it or some semblance of it yeah and um it's it's really wonderful so it, it and we're not taught that like we're, we're not taught so many things many of us are not taught like how to live a healthy happy life yeah. And part of that is like being in touch with our inner child and and making time for play. Play is important. Yeah. We were, were taught how to work, you know, got to work, but we're not taught the importance of play. And it's yeah. like, how do you, how do you, you know, be a healthy, happy, whole person is play is important. That's why, you know. And so I feel like, I feel like so we can have a part two of this because I don't feel like we really got into like yeah. no, jump I know. rope, Chinese um, jacks and. Susie Bake Oven. <laughs> I love, I got a whole story on Susie Bake Oven and yeah. Dodgeball, volleyball at school. So much of it is, I think, mindset and the beliefs that get kind of programmed into us as children. Because I remember seeing a documentary, I think it's called Rich Kids, which is um, they focus on like a bunch of like wildly, children from wildly financially successful uh, families. You know mm -hmm. empires that you know yeah like, yeah and i remember um one of the guys you know who's probably in his 30 or 30s or 40s when they interview him he's the heir to i want to say the johnson and johnson fortune or something mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. so i mean he's had hundreds of millions of dollars his entire life yeah never had to work a day in his life yeah and all he gets on when he thinks about what to do all he does is think about what he would like to do and things that make him happy and that's not the whole story, but it's part of it. And I know 
as soon as I say that, my brain and everybody else's brain that's listening and watching is like, well, easy for him. He's super rich. But the reality is, is like, I think, especially in like um, middle class, working class America, I don't, I don't, it, that's my wheelhouse. I don't know much about other countries because yeah. I haven't lived there. But in working class and middle class America, I think a lot of us just get brought up with this idea that like, once you get past a certain age, whether it's 16 or 18 or 21 or whatever, yeah. um, there's a danger in play. There's a danger in doing things that aren't for money. The, because it, it's like, well, what if you do them too much and you don't pay your bills and you don't, you're not a responsible yeah. member of society. And there's just, yeah. I don't, I never understand this idea of like, we have 24 hours in every day, seven days in every week. Yes. You know, time management's complicated for all of us. I'm like the poster child for time management issues. But I think like there's an abundance of time if we really get quiet and really tune into the universe. And I think like there's time for you to go to your job, do your work, be in your relationships and, you know, uh, and by the way, you can have fun and play with other people too. Um, and there's also time for play. There's time for you to, whatever that is for you. And maybe it is golf. You know, maybe you have changed and, you know, yeah, playing checkers with somebody. Is. Oh, which yeah. you loved when you're four, oh, yeah. you, you don't care yeah. about it anymore. Maybe golf is like your most fun thing. But then there's, yep. I mean, I talk to so many people who it's like they've almost made a decision not to have fun. And like there's this nobility to it. Like mm -hmm. because they're presenting like their resume to me is like I'm somebody who's serious. I'm somebody who works really hard. We need to do a whole episode on the whole work hard thing. Um, well, and I just, I wrote <laughs> down, um, you know, I just think – I don't know who created it. It had to have been some business owner. Mm. Um, the five day work week, like what? Oh, yeah. Like that is oh, so lopsided. Whole... Like three, four. I'll work three and all four. Like come on. <laughs> no, the, there's a whole. There's a great book um, uh, called The Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. It was like the book that got him famous. He's now been a TV host and written a whole bunch of other books and things. Um, but I read that book and it really blew my mind not because of the main point of the book, which is him trying to suggest this alternate way of life that mm -hmm. doesn't really work for me. But, you know, in there, he just was so clear that the five days a week of work with one or two weeks of vacation until you're at the company for 10 years yeah, and, you know, two days off and then every mm -hmm. now and then a Monday, yeah. like that's something from literally hundreds of years ago back in Europe it, when the industrial era just started, mm. like they had, you know, hours for shifts and yeah, then slowly yeah. got translated into what we have today. And it's yeah. ridiculous. Like yeah. most people at their regular day jobs understand that, like, I mean, there are some jobs where you need to be in a, there for a certain number of hours because yeah. of certain things about the industry right. or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, so many jobs are like, it's really just like, do you get the work done every day? And it's like, it doesn't have to be eight hours a day. It doesn't yeah. have to be 40 hours a week. Yeah. It could be yeah. 20 or 30 yeah. or whatever. Like, so anyway, that's a whole other, yeah, the whole work hard thing. And yeah. that is a whole other topic. Yeah. But I think, I think the big message I would want people to come away from this episode is, is like so many people are unhappy and like, there's this basic obvious question or like, are you doing anything that makes you happy? Like, you know what makes you happy. Like, we know what makes us happy. Okay, so I'm going to end with yeah. one of my favorite things to do as a kid was mm. to play music I like and dance. I would yes. do it in the evening yes. in our living room. 
and um and just dance my butt off yeah what about you absolutely my my grandpa susie my other grandfather had a disco in scarborough maine called the rainbow disco from 1977 and like 1981 something like that and i was my whole family worked in it on the weekends and so i was in a disco like every weekend from when i was seven years old till when i was like 11. wow freaking awesome that's the great awesome. bliss for me so yeah. we yes. invite you if you've listened to this podcast and made it all the way through Bless we you. invite you yes and we thank you <laughs> we invite you to think about what did you like to do as a kid what have you not done in a while that you love and then make plans this week this coming week within the next two weeks to do something that you love that your little kids like yeah let's do it that sounds awesome yeah and again it has these two effects right that'll that'll make you feel good which is the whole point of life pretty much and <laughs> Uh, but it'll also help you attract more good stuff into your life. Like and if you you're really fun. frustrated that you haven't you gotten that job yourself. that you want or that car that you want or something like that, the way to do that is not to get more frustrated over not having it. The way to do it is, or the easiest and smoothest way is to just do things that make you feel good. Yeah. And that's and why you want to go on that $3,000 vacation because you want to feel good and have fun. It's like yeah. when you can take 30 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour this yeah. week and do something that makes your heart happy. Yeah. 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 Oftentimes right. it doesn't take a lot of money. I think we should Your do a time part and two. attention. I think we should do a part two on this. I don't know if we do we have a guest next week? No. It's just us. We'll do another part two. We'll do part two on childhood stuff. Um but this was really great. I enjoyed this discussion. Um we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you got something out of our episode today. And thank you so much. Um if you listen to us on the audio version. Thank you. Um thank you so much if you watch us on YouTube. Please do like us um, on YouTube and subscribe to us there and subscribe to the podcast. Give us a rating uh, if you want to. We would really appreciate it. It helps us out a lot. Thank um, you. If people want to find you, Stephanie, so they can work with you, where www.powerenjoy.com. And you can always find me at my website, Colin Worcester, W-O-R-S-T-E-R, same as Grandpa Worcester's last name, dot com. All right. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for listening or watching. Yes, uh, thank love, you. We love you all. We've been seeing the views and the listens go up, and up, and up every week. And we are humbled thank and grateful you. to you. Um, and we're excited about continuing uh, this season of the podcast. So we'll see you next week on Co-Creation Station. Bye, Bye everybody.